0: Thank you very much. Jody, we have a little video uh, for you guys really quick. Now, before we play this video, uh, we have, things are obviously a little bit different than uh, what you guys typically see on a Sunday morning. So it's different for you adults. It's different for you kids. There's probably going to be some sounds and noises that the adults are not usually accustomed to, and that's totally okay. Kids, I want you guys to have fun. And so I want you to not sit there just going, oh my goodness, when is it going to be done? So if you need to move around a little bit, don't stress it. Parents, if they need to move around a little bit, don't stress it. I do ask kids that you don't go crazy nuts and like just go running around like a wild child or something. And so, to help us out with all this, we're gonna do our rules really quick. The same rules that we do in children's church every single Sunday morning. So everybody hold one finger for me. Say, rule number one. <laughs> rule number one is do not talk while someone else is talking. Who's talking right now? Me, does that mean that you should be talking or I should be talking? Me, that's right. Because I'm talking, you shouldn't be talking. And then if you get a chance to talk, that means that I shouldn't be talking. So rule number one, don't talk when someone else is talking. Rule number two, you guys hold up two fingers for me. Say rule number two. two. Stay in your seat. Okay? Now, kids, I just told you if you need to move around a little bit, you can. You don't have to like get up and like cruise around or anything, but if you need to stand up and stretch or something, feel free to do so. It's okay. I'm not offended by that. It's going to be all right. The other part of rule number two is keep your hands to yourself. Now you guys see, your chair has like a little border to it, right? And that, your chair is your sovereign territory. If you start venturing into somebody else's sovereign territory, that is an act of war. And if you have an act of war, it can be met with like-kind aggression. And so don't don't go venturing into somebody else's territory, okay? Just to keep it all safe. Unless it's like give a nice little hug or hold a hand or something like that. That's okay. All right, everybody hold three fingers for me. Say rule number three. Rule number three is when service is over, wait for mom or dad to come and get you. You don't go to them. This one doesn't apply today because you are right there with your mom or dad. And that's totally cool, all right? Everybody hold four fingers for me. Say rule number four. Rule number four is participate in all parts of the service. So if I ask you to do something, what do you think you're gonna do? You're gonna do it, that's right. So why doesn't everybody stand up nice and tall for me? This is rule number four. Everybody participate in all parts of the service. Very good, so no bottoms in a chair, all feet on the floor. Everybody standing up nice and tall. Excellent, take your hands, stick them up in the air like so. Wiggle your fingers and go Very nice, now point them right out here and go And then go like this, not like this, like this. This is important, not this, this. And go I just want to see what kind of dumb things I could make you do and you all pass with flying colors. Well done. Awesome job. That was great. Now you guys can all grab a seat. Well done. Now, rule number five is the most important rule of all. Kids, you guys know what this is, so on the count of go, I want you to help the parents figure this one out, okay? Are you guys ready? You guys know it? Okay. On your mark, get set, go. Very nice. We want to have a little bit of fun today and we are going to have some fun. So to help kick things off, there's somebody who you guys haven't seen in a little while. Maybe you saw her over lockdown, but she's going to show up right up there. So if you guys will direct your attention up there, that would be awesome. Life Lessons with Tina.
1: That's right, it's Tina, man, I miss y'all. I mean, I haven't seen you in such a long time. I feel like I was seeing you basically every week during the lockdown, but oh man, it has been a while. Hope you guys are doing good. I'm doing okay. Actually, I meant to be there today because you know, Mr. Brandon told me it was family service and you know, I'm part of the family. close contact, do you all know what that means? Anybody here been a close contact? Well, apparently it doesn't mean that you get to cuddle with someone. I was like, great, close contact, cuddle time. Uh, Apparently, no, that means that someone got sick and because I hung out with them, I have to be real careful. And it also means I had to get a COVID test. Have you guys had to get a COVID test before? Anybody? Okay, so basically, if you haven't had to get one, it's not too bad, but when I when I went, I had to go in my car, and um, you know, my daddy pulled down the window, the lady came, she was super nice, and she was like, listen, this nice man is gonna come and do your COVID test. And I was like, okay. And then the man came, and he had a giant cotton swab thing on a stick. And I was like, "Is that is that it?" And he said, "Well, usually the people I swab are bigger, but you're a tiny girl. But but it's gonna be okay. So it's okay." And I was like, "Are you sure?" He said, "Well, the swab is basically as big as you." And I was like, "Yes." And and then he proved it. it. It was as big as me. He 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 said, "Put your head back a little bit," and and then he said, "This might this might tickle a little bit." And I was like, "Okay." And then he. He went for it, he put it up my nose, and I was like, I was making that weird sound, and he took it out, and I was like, oh, oh, man, that was like great flavor. Is it supposed to be flavored? And he was like, no, uh, it's not normally flavored. And I was like, sir, I think you've given me double vision. I can see two of you. And he was like, that'll clear, don't worry. Anyway, so, I went home, and that was yesterday, so now I'm just waiting. I'm waiting to see if I'm also someone who is sick. But I don't feel sick, so don't worry. I think I'm going to be fine. But right now, I just want to say I hope you all had a happy Christmas. Christmas is the best, isn't it? And I hope you have a great family service and a happy new year. All right, guys, all right. That's all that I had to say, and I miss y'all, and hopefully I'll see you soon, okay? Bye!
0: So there's Tina, we've missed her. She's been fantastic and awesome, but hopefully you guys enjoyed getting to hear a little bit about her and, uh, yeah, her life lesson of what it's like to get a COVID test, if you haven't had one give you double vision, and so there you go. Today, we are gonna be talking about a very uh, cool topic, one that I've actually had in mind for quite a while, so can you put up our favorite first slide there? Today, we're going to be talking about duty versus delight, and so to help us out with this, we need to define a couple of words, and the very first word we wanna define is the word duty, and so Miss Ruth is going to come up here, and she's gonna help us out with an object lesson. Everybody give Miss Ruth a great big round of applause. <laughs>
2: do because it's part of your job or something that you feel is the right thing to do. So the main duties of a fireman is to put out fires and to rescue people. The main duty of a taxi driver is to safely drive people to wherever they want to go. Now who can tell me what's the main duty of a teacher? Anyone? To teach. Okay, who has a teacher? Yeah, who wants to be a teacher? Re- two of you, three of you. Very good. Now, next question. What's the duty of a chef? Anyone? Okay, Rosie. They make food, that's right. They work really hard in the kitchen. So when you go to a restaurant and you say, can I have a burger and chips? The chef has to make your burger and chips and hopefully they make it nice and yummy. Now, these are all jobs that people get paid to do, okay? But there are some duties that you don't get paid to do. Now, here's a tricky one. What's the duty of a mum or a dad? Penny. To look after the children. That's right. Any other duties? How do they look after you? Yes. They keep you safe. They keep you safe. Rosie? Clean the they clean the house. Did your and mum and dad do an extra big clean before Christmas? Yeah. Shh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, anyone else? Any more duties? Go. Sorry, what was that?
0: They give them everything they need.
2: Oh, they do! They give you everything that you need. Okay, one more, Jessie. I'm on duty. I am. Very good. I was asked to come up here, and I was asked to speak, and that's my duty, so I'm doing it. Good one. Well done. Okay. Now, I've got one more question. Kids, what's your duty? What, what's your duty? Okay, go. Well done, to be good. Another one, Penny? Not play on your phone, that's right. <laughs> Anyone else? You play with your toys. Owen, did you have one? You play on the swing, very good. Rosie? Go to school, that's right. And you know, there's another parent's duty: is to make you go to school so you get an education. <laughs> Okay, now, none of you have to do these things, okay? There's no one forcing you. There's no one forcing your parents to look after you. There's no one forcing you kids to not look at your mobiles, and maybe your mum and dad do sometimes, okay? But these things you're not being paid to do, and there's no one forcing you to do it. Okay, but they're things that you should do. You should obey your parents. Your parents should look after you. Okay, and your parents have so many things to do. And do you know why they do it? It's not just their duty, but they feel like they should do it. So it is their duty, but it's not just their duty. They also do it because they love you. Okay, that's, that's the word duty.
0: Excellent job. Thank you, Miss Ruth. Sorry that was me. Now, we've defined what duty is, but in order for us to know how duty compares to delight, we need to know what delight is, and to help us out with that is Miss Ernie, and she has another object lesson for us. Everybody give Ms. Ernie a great big round of applause.
3: Okay, guys, I need a helper, and I need a helper who has a Bible, or has a Bible to borrow, and can look up a verse by yourself, which is kind of tricky, but I can help you as well. Okay, so who wants to help? You have to have a Bible, and you have to be able to look up a scripture. Anybody? Rosie, do you want to try it? Come on up here. Give Rosie a hand. Okay, now Rosie, Mr. Brandon, very specifically said we don't have a lot of time. So I'm going to tell you the verse, and you can start looking it up, and I'm going to talk to everybody, okay? Is that your Bible? Yes. Okay, can you look up, ready? Psalm 37, verse four. Okay, go for it, Rosie. While she's talking or doing that, I'm gonna talk to you a little bit about delight. So Miss Ruth did such a great job explaining duty, and now we're gonna talk about delight. You can sit down if that's helpful, Rosie. Do you wanna sit down? Good girl. Okay, so delight, I was thinking, okay, how do we talk about delight, okay? Delight is actually two kinds of words. A delight is a verb, Do you guys know what a verb is? Raise your hand if you can tell me what a verb is. Yes? What's a verb? An action. It's something that you do. Okay? So when we do delight in something, it means that we go for it. We look at something and we take delight in it. It makes us happy, right? And the other thing, a delight is a noun. What is is a noun? Anybody know what a delight is as a noun? What is a noun? Levi, do you know what a noun is? Yes? Levi, what's a noun? It's a what? It's a, did you say it's a thing? Okay, so a noun is like a thing or an idea, okay? So I have this little treasure box here. How's it going, Rosie? Why don't you, Mr. Brandon, help you. Okay, I have this little treasure box here. And this treasure box is like something that you can hold and touch, right? Some, it's, a, it's a wooden box. Okay, but I want you to imagine that inside of your heart, you have a little treasure box, okay? Can everybody hold your treasure box like this for me? Okay, and whatever we put in our treasure box is something that we can call our delight, okay? So you have to be very careful what you put in your delight treasure box because whatever is in there is like the thing that's the most important to you. Uh, Psalm 37, 4. Okay, and so when things are going good, you can take out that treasure and you can feel great about it and you can delight. When things are going not so good, you can dig deep into that delight treasure box and that thing in there can help you. So some people delight in things like stuff or things that they get to do or food or, you know, the shiniest new Xbox. How many of you guys got video games yesterday? Yes. Yes common. Very good. Okay, but the thing that we should delight in, Rosie's about to tell us. Okay, Rosie, come over here. Can you read it? Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you your desire of your heart. Well done. Rosie, great job. Take that with you. Okay, so... I'm open up my little treasure box here and pull out what this paper says and maybe you can read it we should delight in jesus. jesus right and when we delight in jesus that bible verse is a promise and it says not only will we have everything that we need but god will also give us the desires of our hearts okay mr reenan thank you very much
0: yeah. rosie good job of finding that verse and reading it you aced it that was awesome So guys, today I want to talk to you uh, a little bit about what duty and delight is. And so I know this is going to be a little bit different than what the adults are typically used to. Again, kids, it's also a little different than what we usually do for Sunday mornings. But I want to see if you guys can track along with me as best as you can, okay? So if you have your Bibles, you can look up some of those verses. You can help mom and dad find them, okay? All right, sound okay? So the very first thing we wanna talk about today, Silas, if you can hit our next slide there, that would be awesome, is what is our duty? And there are three different places and ways that we can look at what our duty is. I'm gonna scoot that off because I have a different microphone. There you go. Let me bring this up there. And the very first thing that we need to look at for our duties is what we have as duties as believers. And so this applies to adults, it applies to kids, it applies to all of us all the way around. And so, uh, Miss Ruth was asking who has duties. You guys were already explaining and looking at some of those things that you do. My question for you is do you always enjoy the duties that you have? We have work responsibilities, we have life responsibilities. Are those responsibilities always fun? Not always. And that can sometimes be a difficult thing. But God calls us to some specific duties. And so the very first thing that I want to show you guys, Silas, if you can hit our next slide, is as believers, every single person, not just believers, but every single person on earth has this threefold duty of life. And the very first part of that is appropriation. The second part is formation. And the third part is donation. Now, those are big words. Kids, if you don't know what that means, I'm going to tell you in our very next slide, it shows us. Silas, perfect. Appropriation is taking. And taking is the accepting of God at his word and believing in the Lord Jesus Christ. This is a responsibility that every person on earth has to do. Not everybody will take this responsibility. And so even though it's a responsibility for all of us, some will shirk that responsibility and cast it aside, while others will actually take it upon themselves, where they will accept God at his word, knowing what God says, and believe that Jesus Christ is the Lord of all things. Uh, Jesus even says that no man comes to the Father except through me. And so this is a responsibility that each and every person on this earth, ever born and ever to be born, has a responsibility to take. Again, not everybody does so. But those of us that do move into that second part, the formation aspect, and that's becoming. And this is becoming what God wants us to. Uh, It's that verse there, do not be conformed uh, to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. It's becoming what God wants for us to become. It's following in God's ways. It's kind of an inward focus for all of us. And so it's something where I've accepted what God says. I know that God says that I can't get to heaven in any other way except through Jesus Christ. And now that you've accepted it, you move into a realm of actually taking those things on in your life and acting upon it and doing the things that God expects of you, those duties that we're going to talk about here in just a moment. Then the third part of that is donation, and that's giving. And what I mean by giving is putting into practice those things that you believe. The Bible says that faith without works is dead. And so if you accept what Jesus says and what God says, and you accept Jesus to be your Lord and savior, and you begin to shape and mold your life into the things that God says, then there's also going to be an outward pouring of that, and it's going to be put into action that comes in the way of works and the things that you do. You will reflect what you are by your outward appearance. And so that is the threefold duty of life for every person Uh, again, not just believers, but every person. Uh, But then moving on from there, we need to go, what does it mean for believers? So Silas, if you can hit there, perfect. That's awesome. These are the things that is expected of us as believers. Like we said there in the appropriation part, not everybody accepts that responsibility or that duty that God has for us. But once you have accepted it, this is the formation aspect that God expects out of us. Now, there are two different types of duties. You have duty to God and you have duty to fellow man. And some of these verses here that we have are just kind of quick synopsis of them. Ecclesiastes 12:13 says, the end of the matter, all has been heard. Fear God and keep his commandments for this is the whole duty of man. If you wanted to sum up what it means to be a Christian, what is expected of you, God says, respect me, realize who I am and do what I tell you. And that's it. Summarized as quickly as you can possibly make it. And so our duty as believers is to fear God, not be afraid of him, but to respect him as for who he is. He is the creator of all things. He is the Lord over all of creation. And if you honestly understand that and believe that, and then put it into practice and do what he tells you to do. And so uh, the next verse there, Micah 6, 8 says, he has told you, O man, what is good and what does the Lord require of you, but to do justice, to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God. God expects us to do justice, to do what's right, and, and to not have unfair scales, as the Bible would call it in many ways, to love kindness. What does it mean to be kind? It just means to treat people the way that you would wish to be treated and then to walk humbly before your God. That's something that not, uh, I know I struggle with at times, the humility aspect. I'm sure I'm not the only one who would struggle with that. I'm sure we all struggle at times with justice and even with kindness, but this is an expectation that God has for us. The next one in Luke 10, 27 says, and he answered them, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and then love your neighbor as yourself. That's a huge expectation that God has for us. He's not just saying, "Eh, you know, kind of do whatever is important, you know, and, and you take it or leave it. There's parts of it. He says, sell yourself out entirely and completely for God. Give me everything that you have. And then after you've given me everything, love your neighbor in the exact same way that you love yourself. And so that's a huge expectation that God has for us. That is our duty as believers. And then God goes on to tell us in Matthew 28, he says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. God expects us not to just keep those things that we have, that we've learned and are shaping ourselves into. He he doesn't expect us to keep them to ourselves. He expects us to go and share that with others, other non-believers, giving them the opportunity for that threefold duty of life to appropriate and to take on the things that God says. And then the last one that we have there is Colossians 3.23, and it says, whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men. And this one is something that I know can be a challenge for everybody. It can be a challenge for me. It can be a challenge for anyone who thinks, you know what, I have this duty that I'm supposed to do, but it's just a duty, it's a responsibility, and I hate my responsibilities, I hate my chores. Kids, do you guys have chores at home? Yes, Ethan was the loudest there because he probably has the most amount of chores and that's okay I do appreciate you doing your chores there Ethan. Ethan, do you enjoy your chores? Um, Okay That's great and when you do those chores, are you doing it? God this chores for you this sweeping of the floor is for you Lord, you know No, not really do you mumble and grumble and complain? sometimes. That's right. And we're all that way. In those things that we do, we don't always do it, but there are times when we go, this responsibility that I have, whatever it is that I'm tasked to do, this responsibility is difficult, or it's frustrating, or it's mundane, or it's boring, or I don't even care. I don't want to do it. Somebody else can do it. God says, don't look at it that way. Look at it like you're doing it for me, not for anybody else, even though we may be doing the thing that somebody else is asking us to do. And so this is what God is expecting of us as duties for believers. You see, uh, uh, our duty to God and our fellow man uh, intersect in every aspect of our life. You know, God tells us that we were bought with a price and that we're not our own. And because we're not our own, we do everything for God. We're not doing it for anybody else. And when we can grasp that and truly take a hold of that, it will change the way that we look at responsibilities and duties and the things that we do. And so when we shirk that duty, we're actually saying to God, I know that you bought me with a price, but I'm not belonging to you, I belong to myself, and I'm gonna make my own decisions of what I think is gonna be right and what I think I should be able to do. And so you're telling God that you think you're your own master, and that you have no responsibility to him, and that's a wrong way of looking at it. And so those are our duties as believers. Parents, I'm gonna talk to you guys for just a second. Kids, this doesn't apply to you, but every time I say something, I want you to look at mom and dad and go, "Mm mm-hmm, can you guys do that? Practice that with me. Eloy, you were like, dude, stand up and show everyone exactly how to do that. Yeah, mm-hmm. He had like the head tilt. He had like a little mm, you know, the kind of smirk going on, and a very nice shake of the wrist right there. That was perfect, I love it. So kids, as you hear what's going on here, look at mom and dad and go, yep, that is your responsibility right there. So parents, what are our responsibilities to our children? We have responsibilities to teach them. We have responsibilities to train them, to provide for them, to nurture them, to manage them, and to love them. Those are our responsibilities as parents. We are to tell them what it is that God wants us to share with them, to teach them what it is to be a Christian, to teach them what it is to be a good person, to teach them what it is, whatever it is that we would like to share with them. And so it's our job to teach them. It's not somebody else's responsibility to teach our kids. So Children's Church, I appreciate you guys sending your kids to us in Children's Church. But please know that children's ministry is only a supplement to what you guys do at home. We, we will do our very best, and we will pour our hearts into the things that, uh, that we feel God wants to share with your kids. But it's your responsibility and your job to teach your kids the word. It's your re- responsibility, your duty, and your job to teach your kids what God says of them. And we will come alongside you, and we will supplement, and we will help in every conceivable way that we can think of. But it's not our responsibility. It's your responsibility. And then training our ch- our children. You, you can teach them something, but training comes as a whole new step. It's giving them opportunity to put into practice the things that they're doing. And so it's our job to give them opportunity. You know, we have, as parents, sometimes we, we we, we struggle with giving our kids space to go do things. You know, those helicopter parents? Don't raise your hand if you're one of those, by the way. This is like a rhetorical thing, okay? But we can self-evaluate and go, am, am I someone who gives my child an opportunity to actually grow and to step out and become something? And so we saw today our kids came up and, and they volunteered for things. That was amazing and awesome. We give them opportunities to try to express their love for God. We give them opportunities to fail sometimes. And sometimes it's not always the easiest thing to watch a child fail, and we wanna protect them. I wanna do that for my boys. It, It breaks my heart to see them not succeed in something. But I've also learned over the course of my life that sometimes failure is the greatest motivator to success, or a huge stepping stone to that. And so as parents, we need to be able to train our children, give them an opportunity to succeed, and sometimes it means letting them fail, giving them a chance to spread their wings and fly. We're to provide for them, give them all the things that they need for life, and We can do our very best with that. You don't necessarily have to be rich to do so. You can provide for them in every single way possible. It's not always material things. The biggest thing you can provide for your kids is love. Give them the love and care and nurture that you wish that you would have had. And then to nurture your child, that's that's kind of going along with the providing, nurturing them, helping them to grow into what you would have them to be, what you want, uh, what God would want them to be. Uh, To manage your children, That's one that, uh, you know, we all tend to to do when we have to buckle down on some of those things that they're doing that are not appropriate or right. Discipline comes in that management. And then lastly, to just love your kids. Love your children. Those are your responsibilities as a parent. So, kids, look at mom and dad, point at them, go, those are your responsibilities. Yep, there you go. Now, kids, I'm gonna talk to you guys for a second. That means mom and dad, when I tell the kids these things, you need to look at them and you need to go, "Mm mm-hmm. That's your responsibility, all right? So mom and dad, practice that really quick. Yep. Mm-hmm. There you go. So kids, here are your responsibilities. The very first thing that we have, Ephesians 6.1 tells us that you are to obey mom and dad. Yeah, that's a big responsibility. Mom and dad say to go for it. What are you supposed to do? You're supposed to do it. Now, it's not always the most joyful thing to do what mom and dad ask you to do, Right? I've been there, I've been a kid before, I know some of the things mom and dad asked me to do, and it's not always the most fun thing, but it's still your job. You're supposed to go, okay, mom, you said so, I'm gonna do that. Okay, dad, I trust you, I'm gonna go ahead with it. That's your job, that's your responsibility. And then the second part of that is to respect and to honor your mom and dad. That means that you don't just go, oh, I hate my dad, he's such a jerk. He's always asking me to do dumb stuff like take out the trash and things. Oh, I hate that. Some, are you guys guilty of that? Some of you are looking a little bit sheepish there. Okay, Hopefully that's not the case. But you need to go, you know what, my dad has a title and a responsibility to take care of me and I need to respect him. I need to give him the respect that he's due and what he's owed. I need to honor my mom and know that she's somebody special and important and I should make sure that she knows that. Those are important things for you guys to do as kids. So parents, take a look at your kids and give them the finger point point. go, those are your responsibilities. Yeah, there you go. You guys are awesome. So we've talked about our duties. We've talked about our duty as what it means for us to, to uh, do as a believer. We've talked about our duties as parents. We've talked about our duties as children. But if we're talking about duty versus delight, what are we supposed to delight in? And so, Silas, will you hit our next slide for us sir, please? We have some verses for you. The Bible's gonna help tell us exactly what it is that we are to delight in. Psalm 37:4 says, He will give you the desires of your heart, right? And so, delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. Delighting in the Lord is the very first thing that we should delight in. It doesn't mean that we are delighting in Him for a reward the desires of your heart. That means that when we delight ourselves in the Lord, our desires begin to meld with his desires, and he will give us the desires of his heart is really what it is, more than the desires of our own heart because we have delighted ourselves in God and who he is, and delighting ourselves in him is the very first key. And so after delighting ourselves in the Lord, God gives us a little bit more of a direction, and he tells us here in our next verse, Romans chapter 7, verse 22. Silas, if you want to hit there. Delight in the law of the Lord, for I delight in the law of God in my inner being. And so we need to to look at God's word, the importance of what God's word is, and not just go, God, I delight in you, and then have some wrong understanding of who God is. We need to make sure that whatever it is that we feel of God is right here based out of God's word. And that when we delight in God's word, we're not just delighting in God a picture of him but what God's word says is specific and what God says these are the things I ask of you or not even ask tell you that I want you to do that should be a delight of ours to follow God's word and it should be not just something that you go this is exciting but in your innermost being it should be something that is exciting to you kids does it excite you to follow God's word I hope so you know in children's church that's the one thing I want you guys to learn more than anything is that God is super amazing and awesome And we are so blessed as as people to be able to come and love God. And God's word is a thing of beauty. And I delight in God's word. So as you guys get older, you're probably going to forget who I am. You won't remember that guy. He just did weird games with me and stuff like that. But I hope that you will always remember that God is so amazingly awesome. And that you should delight in who God is and delight in his word. And then the last thing that we want to delight in right there is from Philippians chapter 4 verse 8. It says, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. God wants us to not just delight in Him. He doesn't want us to just simply delight in His Word and the law of the Lord. He wants us to delight in the things that bring Him joy. And God delights in things that are true, honorable, pure, lovely, commendable, things of excellence, things worthy of praise, these are the things that God delights in. And if God delights in them, as a follower of God, we should also delight in these things. And so, delight is a hugely important aspect of following our duty. God doesn't simply ask for us to do whatever it is. He's not a heavy-handed king or authoritarian figure. God's asking us to look at him with an object of, uh, as, as something to love and to desire. He wants us to delight in him and when we delight in him, those duties become simple and easy tasks for us to do. Our next image there, Silas, if you'll put that up for us, when I think about duty, I a lot of times I think about a knight or a samurai that's probably where my love of swords comes from and but you know, a knight or a samurai, they, they tend to represent this deep sense of responsibility or duty or honor. They those those images often kind of have a picture to them of self-denial, the things that you give up in order to achieve something. And scripture it does call us to deny certain things, but what it's calling us to deny is is not just for the sake of denying, we're denying in order to get something else of greater reward. It's a transition where we are making a transaction of sorts where we're trading something of lesser value for something of greater value. And so when God asks us to deny ourselves of something, he's not saying just give it up because I want you to give up. He's saying, give it up so I can give you something better. Let go of that thing that is worthless so I can give you something that is of great value. But we don't just simply give up something with the expectation of greater reward. You see, there's a bridge between duty and delight. Duty calls us to responsibility, but faithfulness in our responsibility leads to reward. And the hope of reward brings a sense of joy. But that sense of a reward that we're looking forward, that's not truly delighting in something. True delight comes from pleasing the object of our love, from being in a real relationship with our creator. That is really the gist of everything, is knowing who God is, loving who God is, respecting who God is, honoring who God is, and then everything that you do out of that being based out of that love and relationship for him, not in an expectation for reward, not in a hope to get something, not out of a sense of duty or honor, but out of a sense of love and appreciation. And so, what's our next slide there, Silas? Will you hit that? This is a quote from George Mueller, and if you guys know anything about George Mueller, he was an amazing man of faith. But he has this uh, quote that he says, Uh, It pleased the Lord to teach me a truth. I saw more clearly than ever that the first great and primary business to which I ought to attend every day was to have my soul happy in the Lord. The first thing to be concerned about was not how much I might serve the Lord or how I might glorify the Lord, but how I might get my soul into a happy state and how my inner man may be nourished. For I might seek to set the truth before the unconverted. I might seek to benefit believers. I might seek to relieve the distressed. I might in other ways seek to behave myself as it becomes a child of God in this world. And yet, not being happy in the Lord and not being nourished and strengthened in my inner man day by day, all this might not be attended to in a right spirit. George Mueller is saying pretty simply in this very eloquent way, what he is simply saying is, make your delight in the Lord. You can do anything under the sun and do it in God's name, but if you're not delighting in the Lord, it's really a worthless endeavor. It's not what you should be doing. Sure, there will be reward that comes out of it, but God doesn't look at that with great joy. As a parent, I can look at the things that my boys do, and if it's an expectation that I've given them, there is a sense of joy that comes when they do what I've expected of them. There's an even greater sense of joy that comes when they've simply done something out of their love and appreciation for me. And God is our Father, our Heavenly Father, and He looks at us the same way. Sure, there is reward and there is joy on God's part when we do what He says we're supposed to do. But there is an even greater joy and an even greater love and a greater appreciation when we just do it out of our love for Him, and that's it. And so, I have an image that I wanted to show you here. You can look at duty as something like this, a circle with this texture, this image that's inside of it. And it is something that God does expect of us. He does have duties and responsibilities for us to do. And then you can look at delight as this next image right over here. It's this circle again that's just a color. But we should have a bridging or a melding of the two where you see in this next one there's a little bit of an overlap. And delight, uh, our, our Christian walk shouldn't be simply a duty or delight. And it shouldn't even be a duty and a delight like we have right there. But what we should have is this next image right here. Silas, will you do that? That's what our, our our Christian walk should be, is where our duty is our delight. The things that we do for God should truly bring us a great sense of joy. That's not to say that sometimes it's not going to be difficult or a challenge for us, but when we, when, when we take on any task, whether it be setting up chairs on a Sunday morning or getting our kids ready to come to church or doing an object lesson like Ruth and Ernie were doing or running AV in tech or doing something just as tedious or simple as getting a glass of water for whoever's speaking. Thank you, Miss Ernie Aaron. Aaron, I really needed that, by the way. I appreciate it. Whatever it is that you do, that duty that you have, it should be your delight to do your duty. And so there is no greater honor than serving the Lord. Kids, I want you guys to understand this. As you're learning and as you're growing in your walk with God, parents, I want you to understand it too, but kids, I really want you to take this home with you today. You guys are getting opportunity to grow in your walk. And, and I know I ask for volunteers all the time in Children's Church, and, and I appreciate those things. And as you're doing those things, it, sometimes it's just fun to be able to do them. But as you get older, you have other opportunities to do new things for God. And when you do those things, it shouldn't be something that you look at and go, oh, man, I really don't want to do that. If it's for God, it should be, man, I get to do something for the Lord. It is a huge honor and a huge blessing to be able to serve Jesus Christ in whatever capacity it is that he asks of you. And so our big idea, as it says right there, what is it? It should be our delight to perform our duty. Duty shouldn't be something that we just do. It shouldn't be something that is a drudgery or a frustration it should actually be a delight for us to do. And so I challenge you guys in this upcoming year to look at the, our church has a huge opportunity to grow and become something absolutely amazing. God is blessing and can do some great things. But in order for that, there are some tasks and some things that need to be accomplished and done. And it can be a challenge to get all those things done. But we can step up as a body and go, you know what? It is my delight to serve the Lord in whatever capacity that I have. And when we set that example for our kids, how amazing is that going to be? And so, parents, I challenge you to look at the things that you see as a duty and a drudgery or just a simple task or responsibility, and I I challenge you to change your perspective on it and see it as a delight. Kids, I challenge you to find ways to do duties and responsibilities to the Lord, knowing that it is a great joy to God and it can be a great joy to you. And so we're going to pray, and then I'm going to call Mike up, and he's going to do our benediction for today. Uh, Or we have praise and worship. Sorry, next. I jumped the gun. I apologize. But let's pray, and uh, we'll we'll close out there. Lord, thank you so much for our time together. And uh, we're stepping into a brand-new year. And with brand-new years always come uh, new things that we look at, new challenges for us. And, God, I pray that today that we'll see that uh, you have things for us as well, And those challenges and and things that we may step into don't need to be a drudgery. They don't need to be something that is, is difficult or unwanted to do, but it can truly be our delight to do them as we do them for you. Please be with us as we step into this new year, as we finish off our day and our week. Thank you, God, for who you are. And as we know and understand who you are and respect you for all the things that you've done for us, God, help us to delight in delighting in you, to make you the source of our delight. We thank you, God, and we love you, and we ask this in Jesus' name.